Morning, everyone. Okay, um, we've been journeying through the book of 1 John now for not many months, but a month or two, and we think it's coming to a close. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've been seeing a lot of things. If we just think back a bit, um, John talks about life talks about light and truth. There's a choice to be made. There's no middle ground. We've looked at that. Darkness and error. Um, children, he's the one that talks to us as little children. He's the father speaking to his children, and his love is just pumping through. That we need to grow, to overcome, to know the father that Hans preached about. Um, um, abiding in him is, is a big theme, and we'll touch on that today. And then, never to forget, by His Spirit, He reminds us, you've got the Spirit in you that teaches you, that leads you. Even though He's reminding them of things, He's also at the same time saying, but there's a Spirit in you. Um, I think Kala and Hans also referred to the fact about the concept of roots and fruits. Often He would say, well, if you really love God, you will obey His commandments. If you don't obey, then in other words, you must go back to the root. Don't try to fix, stick on some fruit. But go back to the root. Um, if there's a lack of love, is that a, if, if you're walking in darkness, then you say, okay, but why am I walking in darkness? Why am I entertaining this? Then, then I'm not loving truth. The truth is from God. Now, those kind of things. So, with a lot of that in mind, I want to go back as we're wrapping up first to 1 John 1, verse 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Our joy meaning His and the readers, listeners. He wants us to share in this joy. And then we look in the last chapter, I'm going to read from 1 John 5, 9 to 13. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in Himself. Whoever does not believe God has made Him a liar, because He has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning His Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So there's a theme coming through of eternal life um, that I want to dwell upon and also look at the time aspect of that today in relation to a few words. And then probably one of the most well-known verses in the church, 
Let's look at John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So if we look at eternal life a bit, just break it down a bit. Firstly, there's two things there. There's eternal and there's life. If life, life is opposed to death. Death means being separated from life and spiritual death is to be separated from God. And just think about the horrible potential of eternal death. What would that be? To be eternally separated from God, the Creator, who's made life. That must be the most terrible prospect for every human, right? Um, and then the fact that death was conquered, there's life, was and very important thing in the early church. And they started to ha come together on Sundays because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead to show that death has been conquered. Um, and their Sunday celebrations, well, th their meetings would be, firstly, there would be always a celebration of life. Jesus has conquered death, therefore we have this guarantee um, that death has been conquered, death has no more power over humans, um, and all of that together. And so, yeah, and then one day, we will, if you look at Revelation 21, we will be forever together with God. Um, in the new Jerusalem that comes down, there's again a tree of life, okay, and it says there's no more death, there's no more tears, there's no more crying, okay. That's something that we all look towards, right? Um, I just want to also say, if there's this thing called eternal life that God gives His believer, His children, um, then it's not just in this life. If you listen to some people, some people like Jesus as a teacher, the good teacher. He had some very good things to say, and there's some very nice principles and truths that we can live according to. And Yes, if you apply these principles, you will reap good fruits, okay? Um, but this eternal life package that God has is not just a better life now, okay? And we, I mean, the whole message is just not that, okay? So, and then the last thing that's important here is that He gave this to us in His Son, um, Verse 11 again on 1 John 5, 11, 1 John 5. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Whoever the Son has life, whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Okay. So, I want to then look this reality of eternal life. When is it? If we go and explore this together. Is it... Um, then, only, is it, is some of it for now, uh, what about now, until then? So that's the title of my sermon, Eternal Life, now, question mark, until then, question mark. Let's dig a bit into that. Um, and the next thing we're going to read from 1 John then is 1 John 3, 2. That says, 
we'll later on leave, uh, read actually the bigger portion, but it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. So here we see something about the then. There is something waiting for us that he says is, is not now. We don't know exactly what it will be, but when Jesus comes, we will be like him, however that is. And that is something fantastic. That's to look forward to. Okay. So there's definitely part of the eternal life package is waiting for us. Okay. And we're looking forward to that. But then in that same sentence, he say, we are God's children now. Okay. So there's a now coming through. Now I want us to turn to John 17, verse 1 to 3. This is the same John that, that wrote 1 John. And the same John that God trusted to give the revelation of what will be the full fulfillment, that same John reports to us in John 17. Jesus has been speaking to his disciples. It's his last speech. Um, he's washed their feet for about four or five chapters. He's spoken to them many things, many well-known verses that we know. And then he says in John 17, 1 to 3, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now there's a mouthful. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, again, part of me is always analyzing things. What is it not? What is not in that verse? Okay? It's not fulfilling or living according to a law. Okay? Like the Pharisees in Jesus' day was, was trying to do, and I'm quite convinced that if I lived in the time of Jesus in Israel, I would have been part of the Pharisees and proud of it. That is in my makeup to do the right things and to do it right and secretly be very proud of that. Okay, And that is part of my testimony. I'll share a little bit more that God delivered me from. And that is something to be delivered from, right? Um, then also it's not just in knowing, um, when, when it's about knowing God, in many circles we make a big thing of God's word and um, we, we make diligence to know the scriptures and know truths and that's also part of my makeup. If there's one more little thing about the Greek or the Hebrew, interesting thing or how these things connect together, I want to know it. And I, I'm always digging for more, okay? And there's a scripture in, one, in John 5, 39 that really challenges me every time I read it. John 5, 39. Um, when Jesus is speaking, I think this is going to the Pharisees, um, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. So God's word is always wanting to bring us back to him. 
And I know for myself, sometimes if I have to make a choice, let me now just be with Jesus, be with God, just let him speak to my heart, just enjoy being in his presence. Or I can study a little bit more and do a little more, dig a little bit more into Bible Hub and get more interesting things. And I often choose that over just being with God. Okay. But God, Jesus said this. These scriptures testify me, about me. In them you have eternal, you think that in them you have eternal life, but it's they bear witness about me. So again, there's something turning us back to God. Um, yeah, I said something already about people that what eternal life is, is not about just living about good principles, but even Christian circles. People that, yes, they have been saved, they're walking with God, and then they discover the power of giving, and there's sort of almost a recipe. If, if I give, God will bless me. If I do this, if I honoring or three steps to success. And there are many Christian principles, yes, and when we apply them, they, they do benefit, okay? But we sometimes start to divorce them from a life in God. We start to apply them almost like recipes. It's like a little, a little trick book. Ah, oh, you can do this, and then this will happen. And we tend to sometimes drift to do that without God in the picture, right? So what happened to me, as I told you, um, I was a good modern-day Pharisee growing up. A good person. So what happened, God brought a book over my path that I got in Sunday school for faithful attendance. And <laughs> the book, said, um, told the picture of also this very voorbeeldige, uh, exemplary person that then realized that they have, had not repented from their sins. That convicted me, and I thought, okay, I haven't repented of my sins. So I was then seeking a repentance for a number of years, but I couldn't find it because I was not this bad person, and I didn't have something to re repent of. Okay, so that went on for, for a few years. Then... In my second year, somebody for my birthday gave me a book, The Cry of the Human Heart, Juan Carlos Ortiz. And that told me, awakened something that, but there's this possibility of a relationship with God. You can, we can still today hear God. It's not just the Old Testament prophets and the apostles and people that walked with Jesus. We can really have this relationship. And God sparked something. He was working, drawing me to him, and eventually uh, God used a pastor in this town to bring the message to me that what I needed to do was to realize two things. It's about the heart of God. God wants my heart, and for him to have my heart, I need to let go of my best attempts to be pleasing to him. I just, that was my sin, the sin of dead works, okay? Now to let go of that, and that was more than 30 years ago, and Praise the Lord. There's no better way to live and to, to be set free from that attempt, okay, to do it all on your own. So, getting back to this then, Jesus said, uh, um, this is eternal life, to know the Father and the Son. So, question, when do we know the Father and the Son? When do my children know me? By definition, it's now. Okay, it's in the now. So, 
Um, but that would mean that eternal life has started already. If, if, if it's eternal life to know Jesus and to know the Father, then eternal life has started. Then we already have taken the first steps in this thing called eternal life. People, I think that is absolute fantastic news. The thing that we are reaching into eternally already now. That is what God has for us. And that comes back to what is the gospel? What is the good news that we preach and that we want other people to know? It's this thing that relationship was lost in the Garden of Eden. And God, from his side, then made all the effort to send Jesus to die in our place so that the sin problem and the penalty of sin can be dealt with so that he can have relationship with us. And then before he does this thing of dying for our sins, he says, this is eternal life, to know the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Um, we talked about this morning, just think about Ephesians 2 verse 6. It says, Jesus has already seated at the right hand of the Father, and we are seated, and Paul says, you are seated with him. Now, not many of us every day experience that we are sitting in Jesus at the right hand of the Father, but Paul says this is a reality. It's, it's sort of true, so it's this thing that we're touching, and there's something to be taken hold of, but yet it is not full. Some people talk about the already not yet kingdom, um, and we can sometimes put too much emphasis on the not yet. Certain things are waiting, but there's an already reality that we can start making our own. So, it's clear it's about this relationship now, but that's also scary, isn't it? I'm standing here this morning, two of my children are here, my wife are here, and you know, as I was preparing, there's a fear coming up. They know me. I cannot come and pretend anything here. I will be found out. I have been found out. All my weaknesses. So a real relationship to cultivate and to do real relationship is always more challenging than a distant one. Right? And, and what we've seen in, in the history of Israel, God delivers them mightily from slavery. They go through the Red Sea. They come to Mount Sinai, and then God appears to them, shouted in clouds, and then it is too scary. And then they say, no, Moses, you rather speak to God, and you just come and tell us. So let's, let's have some distance to God. This is, this is too scary. And, and isn't that true? That, yes, sometimes we have come, God, has, God convicted me to repent of my dead works, whatever We've come into relationship with God, and then sometimes, but it then is a bit too scary to really live like John. If you read what we've spoken of right in the beginning of Kala preached, you know, to live in the light, and there's no darkness or light. It's to to to, to live like that is actually scary. So we tend to to shrink back, don't we? <laughs> okay. And the encouragement for us today is. Well, if we do that, we lose out on something immensely precious that is available for us to take hold of more now, today, tomorrow, next week, until that day. 
Um, so sometimes we, we treat this thing that happened, God has come into our lives, we treat it almost like a bit of a transaction, almost like I've got my insurance policy, so now my hell problem is sorted, isn't it? We, we, we don't preach a gospel like that, but if we're honest, sometimes it wants to creep in, and the devil wants us to, if he can't get us to not believe, he'll get us to say, to think, but okay, you, you sort it for, for eternity, now, now just go on with your life, okay? So, um, recently we bought a, a house um, in Pringle Bay, and you know, you have to go through legal stuff, and you need to meet somebody and make certain commitments and whatever, and then once the transaction is complete, guess whether I'm still speaking to the agent represented the previous owner? No, I've got my house. The transaction is done. Okay. But, and sometimes we treat, in a sense, the big things of God that are waiting for us like that. Yeah, I'm sorted, and there's always that, let's say, there's that um, temptation to, to, to just let go a little bit. Um, but what God has in mind is something totally different. He has in mind to say, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place in, my, in, the, in the Father's house. But he's got a house, as we see the, the father of the prodigal son, he welcomes him back. And he says, come and live with me. Restored relationship. Okay. Um, now the question is, if that is what, God has for us. How do we then take fully hold of that until that day when it is full reality and all limitations are removed? And what John says, if we look at 1 John 2, verse 24 and 25, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He made us to us, eternal life. So there's this abiding thing where John repeatedly in different ways say, abide in Christ, abide in God. Um, here he's starting out by saying, abide in the things that you've heard. So this, I want to stand still a little bit on this abiding theme. Now, Warren preached on that last week. I thought, okay, there's half my sermon gone now. <laughs> um, and I think a big part of that is the whole thing of what it is to live in the Spirit. Uh, Romans 8, one of my favorite chapters. We cannot abide, to abide in this thing, in this eternal life, and to take hold of it means... We need to live to live more and more in the Spirit and more and more lay down the old fleshly habits and things that God has delivered us from in principle, but sometimes we have to still get them out because so often we still go and run on our own steam. You know, how many times have I realized, like after a day or a week or a few days of struggling with a coding problem, uh, and something like that. Oh, I haven't even spoken to God about this. I'm just carrying on as if He isn't there. 
um, I'm not aware of his presence. So Warren then, I mean, and that's something Warren, he, he conveys this passion for the presence of God. Okay, and that's something we must let him always encourage in that, that we can seek that presence of God every day, to be aware of that, a life in the Spirit. And this is a few thoughts on this abiding thing, okay? If you look at what I've just read in verse 24, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. That's how we start. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. So there is something about the deposit that God has given that we keep reminding and revisiting ourselves. And twice, John actually stops and says, we need to speak about people that say certain things, certain doctrines, certain doctrinal things that are saying that are taking you away from your inheritance. And he, he needs to address that twice. Ruan preached about it when he preached. Also, that's how important that is, is that we, we cling to, yes, God's revelation and the words that he's preserved for us. It's definitely part of it, okay? Um, revisit it. Renew. Go deeper. Um, remind ourselves of truths in the Scripture. Um, the other thing that God has given us is sacraments. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know it, but we're going to have communion today. So there's baptism, which we do once, which is declaring, I have died with Christ and I have been risen. Now, because... You have a burial, which Paul says in Romans 6, you only bury somebody once, you don't repeatedly baptize, right? But you can always think back. That baptism, that day I was baptized, the old man was buried. And then what happened? The new man arose in Christ. That's the reality. That's the eternal life that's now coursing in my veins. And then, um, talking about communion, I just want to read something then about that that Jesus said in John 6 verse 53 to 54 there's a whole actually passage about that but this is the essence so Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him on the last day I mean, it's almost a bit uncomfortable, the, the language that Jesus is using, but he's basically saying, feed on me, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And in the communion, there's a frequent reminder to us that God intended for us to appreciate every time, again, as we eat the bread and as we drink the wine, the, the wine what happens? It becomes part of our body. Now, it's a symbol of Jesus body and blood, which means it is a symbol of we are ever becoming one with him. It's oneness, unity, which is about, that is what it means to know God and know his son, isn't that? Then a, a few other things. <clears throat> Moses prays in Psalm 90, teach us, Lord, to number our days that we came again out of wisdom. We have Limited time before Jesus comes back. What we do with that, we must value that and decide where do we spend that time. And how we spend the time will have an influence on our experience of being aware of God, His presence in our lives. Okay? 
what habits maybe that do you have that maybe wastes your time? What habits do you have where time you spend that's not, it's actually taking you further from God or it's just time that you could have spent better, okay? And I think it came out this morning that we have to revisit, be open to God to say, maybe you can speak to, maybe there's something, you know, new things come into our lives. We've had in the last decades, cell phones, streaming, all of that. And sometimes you, there's some wonderful benefits and we start to use it. And then after a while, there's, ooh, hmm. But now I'm spending quite a lot of time on this and is it, is it really helping me? Um, maybe I must prune a bit. Let God prune. And now do it with God. Now this kind of thing, don't make laws and don't let other people make little laws for you. Just seek the life and say, God, is this life giving or is this life sucking luck, life out of possible life with you and then God will show you and you know there are seasons something more something less of of these things but be open to God for new things I've learned along the way and each one of us is different for me to go and jog in a beautiful Stellenbosch and then just to speak to God while I jog not to have earphones and music but just say I'm going to speak to God some of my driving times not all I've made a rule but some of my driving times is time with Jesus, I can speak to him. It's just me, the radio is off. I'm speaking to him because I'm seeking, I'm cultivating that presence, that awareness that he is with me, um, speaking, speaking to me. Um, yeah, there was one book that I stumbled as I read along these lines um, that came up, um, Brother Lawrence, The Practice of the Presence of God. I don't know who has read that book. So when I read it, I discovered what somebody had told me before the time that he would then use the time when he was, had to wash dishes in the monastery, he would use that time just to, to speak to Jesus and to pray with him. Now, I missed that opportunity. <laughs> At some time in our lives, we had small children, and you know, you, you tried to serve in the house and help your wife, and after a day, it's suicide hour, and we had arranged, I would wash the dishes after supper. And I hated it. And I resented it. And until such time, one December holiday, we were in Amarnas, we stumbled upon a second-hand dishwasher. We bought it right there and then, and brought it back in our vehicle. And it's so still water ran out into the car, but I was so thankful for that dishwasher. And then when I read about Brother Lawrence, I know I missed an opportunity. <laughs> I could have been just speaking to Jesus while washing the dishes. So I failed at that one. Maybe there's some other things now. There's still some chance for me to find some other things that I can actually discover. That could, that could be time with God. And I just want to encourage you in that. Then God designed us not to exist without Him and without other people, okay? And then that's why we see God sums up what is the law, Jesus said, is to love God and to love other people. So love, and that's we see in John such a lot, eh? John is the love apostle. He's the one that says, um, you know, Jesus, I'm the one that Jesus loved. And he speaks about love, love one another. You cannot say that you love God, but then you don't love the brothers. So love is like almost the operating system of, you, of 
being alive. Think, think about a world without love. That a lot of things you can eat, we can do, but there's, there's no love. I mean, that's not the world that we would like to have. Okay. So, Kala also spoke about it, that we don't just have a secret place Christianity, which I've been talking about some things here, me and Jesus, but also as part of growing in this eternal life is to know God's people and to find the ways to be open that God convicts you. How can I serve better? Where is the place where I can love, serve, sacrifice, and all of that? So my encouragement is go and look in the Spirit and ask God. And he, every week and every month it could be something different. The next year it could be something different. That God, we are on this discovery journey together the Holy Spirit is there every day, to, and He will answer those prayers. If you ask Him, God, show me things that I must cut out, and how can I be closer to you? He will show you something. That's a prayer that's 100% in the will of God, and that will God will answer. Okay, speaking about prayers this morning. If we then say, what will be the effects if there's this now-until-then reality that we are taking hold of, okay, and we are looking forward, what will happen? If we look in 1 John 2.28. And now little children, there's a little children again, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Um, there's something I wanted to say, not shrink from him in shame. When we think about our habits and how we spend our time, just one question I also want to throw out. Some of the things we do, would we do them if Jesus was in the room? Now, here's a tip. He is in the room. <laughs> so think about that next time. If we think about that time, there are some things we will stop doing and not do. Things we would watch or read or activities we will not do if Jesus was in the room. But he is in the room. We just not sometimes forget that. So he says, now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. This is the born again concept. Eh? That's also very important in John and in John 3.16. So what kind of love, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are just to make sure that we're not just called children of God, like by example, he says, and so we are. We have become, we have entered into this relationship with God the Father. That is a present thing. That's not just something for one day. I'm just adding my own words here. The, then I'm continuing reading. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. And here's one of the effects. Verse 3. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So there is this hope aspect. Yes, we will have some things, difficult things we desire but doesn't happen in this life. But there's this hope that spurs us on and this awareness. Um, 1 John 4, 16 to 17 Again, he's, he's really speaking about a lot of love things. And so, 
1 John 4, 16, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Kala preached about it. If we can just really understand, believe fully how much God loves us, we actually don't take it fully. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Did you hear that? I mean, that's, that's something, a whole thing to go and dig in. Because as he is, so how is Jesus today? Well, we know he's with the Father. He's in this wonderful place of full unity with the Father, seated at the right hand of God um, in unity. He's this loving person. And, Jesus, and, and now John says, as he is, so are we in this world. And if we are in this world already in relationship with God, when the end comes, and let's say probably, okay, Jesus wouldn't walk through the door. He's going to come on the clouds, and, you know, or when your times come to walk through that door into eternity. What is happening right there? You, are you for the first time meeting Jesus? No, obviously not. If you look at the wonderful message is that we have been in a relationship with God all along. So when the end comes and we meet Jesus, it's almost like we've been in contact, if, if I can have an analogy, with somebody that we've had calls with and we've, we've, we know the person's voice and we've, we know how they think. We've gotten to know them in some way, but just not just finally physically in person to person but we we already know them and this is the last unveiling and finally we see him exactly as he is it is not if it's a transactional model once i made this transaction with jesus okay jesus see you one day okay that's the total opposite of what god has for us the message is that if we abide in him live with him every day when he comes or when our time comes to go to him it is just the next step and the final huh, into his arms but we've been with him all along we've been knowing him and it was just that one final limitation that god is removing and people i think that is fantastic news and that is a fantastic way to live and all of that helps us to persevere through bad times to overcome sin, um, as we've seen, because God is right there. He promised He will always give us an escape. If there's no, no, nothing will be too hard for us. So finally, I want to then read 1 John 5, 13 again. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is possible to know. Right now, we can know we have eternal life already. Yes, we haven't, don't have the full experience, but we have it already. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Now, I have a confession to make. I saw these verses, and then I didn't, wasn't planning to include them about when we have consciousness, we ask anything according to his will, and he hears us. And then that came out today. God is putting his finger on that. 
And why was I shrinking back? Because I'm not fully convinced always I'll, I'll get, okay? But people, as Paul said, we forget what lies behind and we stretch ourselves forward. There is more to be taken hold. We can trust God more today than, to yes than yesterday. God is in every day of our future. And I'm going to end with 1 John 5, 20, 21. And if we know that the Son of God has come, this is how John ends the letter. If we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. It almost feels like a funny sentence, but in the light of this fantastic treasure, he's just saying, why would you think about idols? An idol is something that wants to take you away it's a false idea of how to live. He says, just forget about that when you've got this. So we can know God and Jesus today. We can already experience his eternal life. And as disciples of him, someone who is with Jesus, you know, with him learning from him, to be like him every day, we can walk closer with him from now until then, when he comes back and gladly receives everyone he already knows into his eternal home and in his arms that he has been preparing for us. If you're already on this road, okay, grab hold of it more tightly. There's more to be grabbed. Let's go and grab more of that. If what I've been talking about doesn't feel that it's a reality for you. This sounds a bit foreign or different from what you've been understanding. And I want to encourage you, be, if you doubt or still seeking, be a responsible doubter and a seeker, which means go and seek it out fully and ask God. He will answer that prayer. If you say, God, okay, if this, this sounds good, but is it true? Is it for me? That's a prayer God will answer. So there is something wonderful for us to do, we want to do it, let's do this from now until then.